Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiser, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I want to help you master your money. Master Your Money listeners, welcome to today's episode. Today, we are talking about um, young couples and finances, new couples and finances. This is a question we get all the time at Barnum Financial Group. We very often get younger couples, and there's discretion in that definition, but couples who maybe are not married or are newly married who are just learning to combine their finances, and they really don't know how to do that. And it could be tactically not knowing what to do, but it also could be emotional. How do we have this awkward conversation? How do we talk about this, this, you know, topic that could be difficult in general? So because we get that question so often, I said, well, let's have a conversation about it. And I invited one of uh, my favorite young couples, a member of my favorite young couples to join the show today. And that's Ian Kierze. Ian is my very, very good friend. And his beautiful wife, Erica, is my very, very good friend. Um, Ian is a marketing professional. Erica is a mental health therapist for children. They own a home together. And they have one adorable child, little baby Julian, who is just a gem and they handle their finances really well. And whenever I have this conversation with them, I'm really impressed with, with how they handle their finances. So that's why I invited Ian on the show today to share the experience from their perspective. So Ian, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good. We're so happy to have you. This is a fun conversation and probably something that couples probably do not give enough time and attention to um, because it could be really, really hard. So we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you being a little bit vulnerable. And, and of course we appreciate Erica willing, you know, being willing to let you come on and be a little bit vulnerable. Cause I think um, you're going to talk about things that a lot of other people think and feel. And I know at Barnum, we often, our financial advisors often come across couples exactly where you are and where you were. So we work with them a lot. So thank you for being that voice. Absolutely. Let's start with from your perspective and your relationship experience. Let's start with when did you and Erica have your first serious money conversation or make your first serious money decision? What did that look like? I guess it really started when we got serious in our relationship and she had an apartment on her own that Mm -hmm. she was paying for. I owned a house on my own that Mm -hmm. I was paying for and we were spending most nights together. At, mm-hmm. at one of our places, mostly mine. Mm-hmm. So at one point I was like, this is silly. Why, yeah. why are we both paying rent or paying a mortgage? Uh, and if we're always at one each other's house or, yeah. or apartment and I had a house, so she was mostly at mine. Um, and at one point I just said, why don't you just move in? You know, you're staying here already. You have a key. Um, 
she was paying, I think, a thousand for a month for okay. her apartment at the time. Okay. And she, I said, you know, why don't you move in here and give me five hundred bucks towards the mortgage, and uh, I'll save five hundred a month, and you'll save five hundred. So romantic, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, that's how it goes. <laughs> it was a, it was a business decision. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't with the heart, you know, uh-huh. of course. Um, but yeah, it just, it just made sense yes. Um, yes. from a financial standpoint. That sure. was probably the first financial decision we ever made. Yep. I wouldn't say we got serious with finances until it was a couple of years later when we were engaged and we were looking to purchase a home together. Okay. So let's get to that in a second. So now you're in this phase where you made the commitment to, to cohabitate and, and, and she's, Erica's essentially paying you rent. But what about everything else that goes along with that? Like, what about when you guys would have to buy groceries for the house, cleaning supplies for the house, maybe fix up the house? What did that look like? It was a lot of Venmoing. Back a lot of Venmoing. I think a lot of couples do. Really? Um, yeah. I just, you know, I bought groceries. Please Venmo me 150 bucks Get or whatever out. it might be. I, I mean, Would like, you split it in half? Uh, yeah, I guess in some, it depends what it was, right? We, we both, both were pretty... Um, independent still with our finances. You were. Um, I remember that. I remember you told me that. Even into even into marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Still, for a little bit, accounts, we were yeah. still, um, I mean, we still do. We still yeah. have, you know, a little bit of money going to our each own, our own little personal accounts even yep. today. Um, but back then it was, it was pretty separate. It was, it's, it is, it's a, it's one of those subjects that's kind of, you know, do we combine? Like, what yeah. does that look like? I like having my own money where I don't sure. have to ask her if I can go out with sure. the boys or buy something that I want to buy because me being an impulsive buyer, you know, happens all the time. <laughs> um, so it definitely took some time. Uh, we, we both had very separate um, banking except for, you know, she was giving me some money towards the mortgage. Yeah. Um, bills, I already kind of had a handle on and I was comfortable financially. So I didn't really bother her at first with okay. any of the utilities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But groceries, obviously, mm-hmm. with two of us living together went up substantially. Um, so that we literally, one of us would go grocery shopping and then we would split it pretty much down the middle, you know, then me this or... You know, it, it, we, we, there'll be trade-offs, right? If we went out for dinner one night, I'd pay, then she'd get the groceries and yeah. it, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. But it was, it was, a, it was a very easy, it never got tense. We were it, never like nickel and diamond. I was just going to say, and it doesn't seem like there was an accounting. No, no. It doesn't seem like there was an accounting of all this, the debit and credit hanging up on the <laughs> no, fridge here. It no, was just very I organic. That. No, yeah. it was, yeah, it was very, um, you know, she pitch in here, I'd yeah. pitch in there. You know, sometimes we'd split things in the middle. It was a large purchase. Yeah. Um, we would oftentimes split it or if I had extra income that month or, or, or just money in my savings yeah. and she didn't. And it was a large purchase, you know, a new couch or something yeah. like that. We would figure it out, you know, if we wanted to use a credit card and make payments or just buy it or whatever it might be. Um, we would just kind of go with it. We were, we were very good. We communicated very well. We yes. never got in fights or arguments about money, which was always, always a plus. Yeah. Know? And that first conversation, um, was that a difficult one or was it truly, and, and I joked about being romantic, but at the end of the day, you're right. It's, it is a business decision. And in your situation, sounds like a pretty sound one. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, right before it. So we actually moved in pretty quick. Uh, we started dating. I don't know it's if none of our business. Ian, months, there's no so. judgment. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went on a family trip with my entire family to Europe. Um, and she had been staying in my house every night, basically. Yeah. And I said, if this trip goes well, if you can survive a week <laughs> with my parents and my brother and sister-in-law in Europe, uh-huh. just move in when you come back. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. why do we have separate places? We're both paying all yeah. this money. Yeah. Um, and, and the trip was 
obviously amazing. amazing. We had an amazing time. Her, she fits in my family like a glove yeah. from the start, just like I fit into hers. Yes. It just made sense yes. that when she came back, she had a month to month agreement with the with the owner of the house. She was actually living in an apartment. Oh, there. nice. So it was okay. nice. She wasn't locked into a lease okay. or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was easy for her to just say, hey, um, you know, it was, it was I think, in November. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm going to ride out the rest of the year and then I'm going to going to move out. And she actually moved out early December, but she paid for December Got so it. that the landlord could fill the spot. Yeah, but, didn't get stuck. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously the emotions went into it for having her move in and actually formally live with me. Yeah. Um, but it was absolutely a, also a financial decision for both our best interests. Yeah. So, okay. So she's moving in, she's paying you mortgage, we're Venmoing. And, and then what's the next major financial decision? The next one probably didn't come until um, engagement. And right after engagement, we started talking about possibly looking for a house together. And that was when we were like, all right, what can we afford? And, you know, looking at income and, you know, all that kind of stuff. She, she was never really keen on, on that kind of stuff. The details, she kind of relied on me. (laughs) So I would make my spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard about these spreadsheets. Yep. She constantly makes fun of me and my spreadsheets uh, to all of our friends. Uh, whenever we make any financial decisions, she goes, oh, well, you're going to bust out the spreadsheets now. <laughs> but I have our entire financial life on a spreadsheet from everything from fixed in, uh, fixed bills sure. to uh, variable bills yeah. to um, our own spending and savings and all that. You know, we joke, but there has to be one. There's always one in the relationship and there has to be one in the relationship because then things can go really, 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 really in a direction you don't want them to go. If there's nobody... Looking at that, but let's, let's, um, let's go back a second. So when you did have to have that conversation, did you and Erica ever talk about like a budget, like your general spending habits to you, to your point, you can be a little impulsive. Maybe she is too, you know, how a a $20 target run turns into $150 target run. Did you guys have any general budgeting conversations or were you living on a budget together? To be honest, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, not until after marriage, when we started really hunkering down on our on our finances and and, and putting money together mm-hmm. in a joint checking account for groceries and whatever else we were doing. Um, as I said, we were we were very separate, independent. In our, yeah. So I okay. had my own savings and I had money set up going into my savings. So I knew I was saving a certain amount every month, and the rest was just for me to do whatever I wanted with. Yeah. Um, so if I wanted to buy something, I bought something. Um, it wasn't, it didn't really come into conversation until we started looking at houses and we yes. started to think about, you know, what is our budget here? Or what yes. can we afford yes. in a monthly payment? Now my mortgage wasn't, wasn't high. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a decision to try to figure out what monthly play we had yeah, while and, still saving and all that. And what I'm hearing is you both had a shared vision. You want, you wanted home ownership. It sounds like that was a mutual decision you made. Yes. So at that point it's coming, your, your visions are coming together to say, okay, what can we afford? And with that, you both are okay with the sacrifice of maybe a budget because it's a shared vision, a shared want Yes. versus what we hear quite often is one person really just wants to pay off their student loans. So they want every last penny to go to student loans. Maybe the other person wants to buy a house and the vision just isn't there. And and that's where a lot of controversy happens. Yeah. We definitely had a vision for what we wanted for us as Mm -hmm. a couple. Um, I had a vision for, for me and my toys. You know, I I had 
two cars, a motorcycle. Like I, I had, and I paid all those. Wowza. Had, we didn't split those. Right. Yeah. So when we started talking about what our future looked like after we got engaged and we we're planning our wedding and obviously that was a budget conversation too, you know, yes. how much can we afford? How much do we need to save by this date? Yes. Um, and then throw the house into that mix. Um, that was actually a kind of, kind of an impulsive thing too. the house. Uh, somebody mentioned it to us on vacation. Like you guys should look at buying a house. And we were still a year out from our wedding. Uh -huh. And I was like, no, that's something you do after you, um, you know, you get married and I had a house already. So yeah. it wasn't like we weren't, you know, didn't have an, yeah, a house were. to live in. Wasn't looking to get anything, any new or upgrade. And then somebody mentioned it. And of course, on <laughs> Monday we returned from Aruba and I'm sitting You're on the looking on Zillow. <laughs> Zillow yeah. looking at houses in the area. <laughs> I should get a new house. <laughs> so, ooh, that's very, nice. that's very nice. Ian. That is that's a very <laughs> Ian story. <laughs> and then uh, next thing you know, we're driving all over local towns, checking out the houses for sale. And this was right before COVID. So everything was still normal. So it was a bit reactive then. Like at that moment, it's not like, okay, we want to buy a house in three years. So what do we have to do to get there? It's okay. We want a house. What does our current financial picture look like? Yep. And what are we willing to pay for that? Yeah, it was definitely a want, not a need. Spreadsheet like galore, <laughs> right? So many versions of this thing. But that impulsiveness and that excitement of, of buying our forever home I'll never regret because we ended up getting into the house one month before COVID hit and then yeah. the, the markets went crazy and house, yeah. house prices went through the roof. Yeah. Um, so we got so lucky um, with that. So I, I don't regret it, but um, yeah, no, that was, that was when we first were like, your, right, your home is beautiful. Yeah. Let's build a home together. Let's, let's make our forever home. Um, mm -hmm. You know, will it be our forever home? Who knows? Mm -hmm. I, th I think so. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we. So in, in that moment when you're, again, you're, the excitement of looking or any big decision for a couple can sometimes trump the reality of their financial situation. Yep. So how did you bring everybody back to center and say, okay. Yeah. I mean, what you don't want to do is start shopping out of your price range because mm -hmm. then you fall in love with those things. Mm -hmm. And then when you start looking at the houses that are in your price range, <laughs> you're like, oh, this yeah. isn't quite what we wanted. Yes. Um, so we were looking at houses that we thought we could afford. Okay. Um, and then that was when we said, all right, let's, let's, let's build this spreadsheet. Yeah. Let's see what our monthly income is. So um, I was looking at my pay stubs, looking at her pay stubs, seeing what our take home was. We wanted to make sure. And this we, is after retirement savings. Yes. This is after healthcare benefits. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We didn't want to touch any of that. We yep. were not going to stop contributing to our 401ks yeah. because we wanted to buy a house with that money instead. Yeah. Uh, so we were smart enough not to do that. I had a specific amount that I wanted. I didn't want to drop below that I was saving every month. So we factored all that in. Oh, so great. we would put all the all spreadsheets. everything on the spreadsheet, everything, everything on the, on the spreadsheet. spreadsheet, deduct this much to go in the savings and her savings, my savings and our, our checking, whatever we need to survive yeah. between paychecks and our checking accounts. And then the bottom category was everything left. Okay. And we we're like, all right, there's our flexible money per month. So yeah. that monthly payment is what we could play with. Um, now, obviously I, I was saving a lot more before we got the new house and I, I was, I was comfortable deducting it, but I had a limit. I would not go below a certain threshold of monthly savings that I was putting away, okay. but that gave us our, our picture. All right, here's our, here's yeah. the monthly money. So we can afford a mortgage up to this much amount a month. And then we were looking at savings and what I could potentially get out of the house, out of the current house that we were living in. We, again, we joke about the spreadsheeter in the relationship and I'm probably the spreadsheeter in my relationship too, because we need to, it, we need, you need to see it. And it's really hard if someone says, well, we can only afford X. 
And in your head, you could be like, well, how can we only afford X? But you're not seeing it. There's so many hidden oh, yeah. bills, costs, fees that you don't even know. Yep. But once you see it listed out, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I would imagine it seems like Erica was pretty good, kind of go with the flow with everything. But for couples who are not that aligned, that's where the spreadsheet comes into play. Yeah. Like you take the word budget. And, you know, people usually think it's a nasty word, but it's not stopping your spending. I look at a budget as it's just outlining your, your expenditures. Yep. So you could see in one place, everything you spend nine times out of 10, you see that list. You're like, oh my gosh, I could cancel this. Oh my gosh, I don't use that subscription. Oh my gosh, I should call and lower this. Yep. So it's helpful in that management. Yeah. And we well. do, we do audits pretty often too. Yeah. We'll look at the budget and say, is there anything nice. we can cut out of here? Yes. Um, I'm in the process of right, right now of. I talked to you about it. I have, I have two cars. I have a truck and I have yeah. a car that I commute with that gets better gas mileage than my truck. Um, and you know, I only go to the office two days a week, so I don't need the commuter car. I got yeah. the commuter car in the middle of COVID, assuming we were going to go back full time yeah. um, to the office five days a week. And when that didn't happen and we stayed in a hybrid model at work, it was just like, all right, well now I'm like, I don't need mm -hmm. two car payments. Mm -hmm. Why don't I, you know, let the lease run out or return the the, the car mm -hmm. and then I'll go into the truck and that'll save us, you know, a whole car payment every yeah. month. So now, cause obviously that happened, that conversation and that audit happened because we have Julian now, yes. our, our five month Little old. Little munchkin. Um, so that obviously we started investing in his future. So we can talk about that later on, yeah. but that made us that. audit everything again and say, all right, where can we, where can we trim? Where can we save? So again, we have, we have the, the budget spreadsheet, right? Yep. We have the spreadsheet that we joke, but honestly put all your expenses out on paper, everything. Yeah. If I can, if you want me to explain how I kind of set our, sure. it's worked out very well for us. So I, I pretty much break it into um, two main columns, fixed bills. So that's everything that, is the same every month, or at least somewhat the same, you can estimate, right? So the mortgage, that's that's always gonna be the same. Car payments, mm -hmm. car insurance, electric, whatever it might be. Anything that's that's a that's a steady bill you're gonna get every month. And you can somewhat ballpark, you mm -hmm. know, electricity can mm -hmm. change a little bit mm -hmm. here and there, but usually I'll average in the middle or go on the high side. That uh we all lay all line all of that up. We outline all of that in one column. Um, and then total that, and that's our total fixed bills. And then we have our variable bills, which, which is all the stuff that could change. So mm -hmm. if we want to go out for dinner and have a little budget for that, mm -hmm. uh, groceries, gas, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff is in a whole separate column. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of how we broke that up. But what we actually did to help um, keep that running and really keep that focused was we created separate bank accounts for each, each of those. Uh -huh. So we opened two checking accounts we call it a joint bills and a joint checking. Uh -huh. And we would both fund it with our paychecks yeah. uh, based on how much we were both yeah. uh, decided to put in. Now at the time, you know, a few years ago, we were both making pretty equal uh, pay. So we kind of just split everything down the middle. Said, here's our, our total fixed bills are 4,000, whatever mm -hmm. it is a month. Um, so we were 2,000 each into that account. And then our variable bills, uh, we would split that down the middle and send that into that account. And it's easy for me at work because I can I can send certain send amounts it. of money yep. to certain accounts automatically. Automatically, yep. And all of our our fixed bills checking account was all on auto pay. Every yep. single thing was on auto pay. So I never had to pay a bill. Yep. It's just the money automatically went from my paycheck into yep. that checking account and all the bills paid themselves automatically from mm -hmm. the checking. So it was nice not to have to worry about fixed mm -hmm. bills at all. And then we had a separate card that we used for 
um, very low expenses like mm-hmm. groceries and stuff like that yeah. that we would fund. And, you know, that runs low or, or we go negative, not negative, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe we spend a little more mm-hmm. certain months if mm-hmm. we went out for dinner a couple of times or whatever it might be. Um, but we always had a general idea of what was in that account. And and, and if we ever had to pull money out of yeah. our savings or my own checking or her own checking, we kind of did yes. that. So that's how we split it up that's on the spreadsheet. And then on the other side of the spreadsheet, I did the income side. So I would put my take home money after retirement savings, health benefits, all mm-hmm. of that uh, at the top and, her, and hers next to it. Uh, and then I would deduct whatever my split was for joint bills, joint mm-hmm. checking, and I would remove those items. So then I, then I would be shown what I'm left. What's and left? then I would say, all right, where can I divvy that up? I'm going to send this much amount to my savings, yeah. this much to my checking. And now we have a joint savings, yeah. right? And this much to joint savings. And she did the same on her side. And she has a different pay period, right? So she gets paid every week. I get paid twice a month. Yeah. So we kind of factor that into yeah. it too. So it, it's a whole, you know, methodology. But if it wasn't on paper, I don't know how we would figure it out. Yeah, you can't. There's too There's too many. And once you put it on paper, it's just extremely eye-opening. So mm-hmm. the exercise of a real budget, a real layout of your expenditures. And I love the way you do it by fix and variable. I do it by needs and wants. So whatever method works, yeah. but it's a brain dump of every penny going out of your account. Yeah. knowing where it goes. And it seems like you and Erica have a phenomenal handle on that. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people get intimidated by budgets thinking like, I got to track the coffee that I just bought mm. and, and this, this and that and put everything on outline. But I think that if you track the main things, obviously bills is one thing that's an easy one to track because it's the same most, mm-hmm. most months. Uh, variable expenses are a little bit tougher. You got to kind of budget out and say, all right, mm-hmm. here's, we can spend two seventy five a week on groceries. Yeah. You know, back in the day that would buy a month worth of groceries. Yeah. Now it's like, a, don't a, that's a separate a show. We're yeah. not going to get started on <laughs> grocery prices. What um, I just paid for a gallon of ice. But every time we go to the grocery store for the week and we check out and it's under that number, we're like, we're, we're, we're cool. golden. We got yeah. some extra cash in the, in, in, the, yeah. in the account this month or uh, so this week. Um, so, so it's not as intimidating as that. Uh, we don't have to track every little thing that we spend. Obviously there are apps that yeah. are out there that can do that. I agree with you. And I think if you're just getting started, correct, track the bigger things or set an amount, anything over 20 bucks or whatever. I have found the most eye-opening are the little things, the little $10 purchases. I have, um, I have middle school age kids, these Starbucks runs, you know, (laughs) these things add up, man, these kids they're you know, so, um, like that for me is when I did add up the little things, I was like, Whoa, because the little things do add up to the big things when you're ready, when you're ready to do that. But I, I like you do appreciate a spreadsheet. I do appreciate the budget. I do appreciate knowing. So I like that. It's helpful to me, but if you're not there yet, get all the major stuff down. Yeah. Just, just set a spending like what we focused on instead of, instead of the little things like that, we do look at that. Just not as we don't outline it in a spreadsheet. Sure. Right? And that's just my life. My yes. life is a lot of little purchases yes. these days. Yeah. We literally of, put a sum of money and say, mm-hmm. this is what we're allowing ourselves to spend wherever yeah. we spend that, yep. whether it be 20 coffees yep. or 10 coffees and a donut, um, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, though how we spend that money is, is up to us. We don't necessarily always track that. We just mm-hmm. make sure that, we don't go beyond that yep. as much as we can. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So now you're talking about buying a home. You put your spreadsheet together, you have your fixed, you have your variable and you know what's left that can go, that can go into your home. So what, what does that look like? Were you guys happy with the amount 
that you were able to to put into your home? Yeah, I mean, I think it surprised us both putting it on paper and really opening up to each other about our income and how much each other was saving. I never asked her what she was putting in her 401k or, mm. or anything like that before, how much she was saving every month. Our money was, you know, we would split things, but it was, it was kind of private still. Um, her family owns a restaurant and she worked at the restaurant on the weekends in the summertime and would make some extra cash. Um, I never knew how much she had. She just, she just had her money and that was that. So when we put it all together, it was actually a, a pleasant surprise, hmm. uh, which was, we were lucky to, to see that. Sure. Um, we were both pretty fiscally responsible, but we, uh, we looked at our budget and we were like, okay, we have some room to move here. Yeah. You know, we could afford to look into a new home. Yep. Um, our forever home. Yeah. We don't have to wait till we're married necessarily if we don't want to. Um, so it was nice. And then it was, it was just, it, it, was, it made it a, an easy transition sure. to move to a much bigger home with a much bigger mortgage and knowing we were going to be fine, mm-hmm. you know, going through all the loan applications and then coming back and saying, all right, your monthly payment's going to be this. And I was like, golden, that still leaves us with this mm-hmm. at the end of that. And then obviously since then our careers have grown mm-hmm. more too. So mm-hmm. knowing that we locked ourselves in at this mortgage, um, our fixed bills usually remain somewhat the same. Um, our incomes are increasing. Mm-hmm. So now we're able to save more and mm-hmm. put more here, sure. put more there or, or whatever it might be. And then comes little baby Julian. And then comes Julian. And then comes that precious little guy. Yep. Uh, t- tell us about that. So we... Um, let's back up. Before we get to Julian, do you work with a financial planner? Yes. Yep. You do. Tell us yep. about that. So um, we we work with him. Uh, we, we have an advisor that we meet with. Um, and he kind of just, whenever we, for, at what point, I'm sorry, Ian, to interrupt you. At what point in all of this, did you engage in an advisor? When we got engaged, okay. when we got engaged, I had already worked with him in the past of just getting myself some life insurance. Okay. Uh, there was nothing beyond that. We okay. didn't talk, we didn't talk savings and, and, and budgeting and, and investments or anything like that. It was really just, I wanted to make sure that I was, I had some life insurance in place when I was maybe 23, 24. Cause um, you bought your first home young. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had that. Um, so then when Erica and I got serious and I said, but when we started to plan a life, I said, well, we should meet with a planner and mm-hmm. really just get an outlook on everything. Mm-hmm. And that's when we met with him and he kind of went through everything with us. Um, he get obviously, it's a lot of fact finding up front, mm-hmm. right? So providing him everything that we, our salaries, our expenses, our debt. Um, At this point, are you talking about goals with him? Um, I think we weren't necessarily ready for goals just yet. Okay. I didn't really know. We wanted okay. to be putting money away because we're always told we should be putting money away. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, it was just like he was just giving us general guidance. Okay. Like, all right, put this if you if you have a match in your four hundred one k, at least max that out. Okay, um, little things like that. You okay. know, make, make sure you're saving this month per month. Uh, make sure you have risk management in place so that you have a life insurance policy mm-hmm. or whatever. So if anything, God forbid, happened. Nobody would be left with debt mm-hmm. in our spit in our stead. Um, so it wasn't any serious talks about future goals okay. just then. It was more just general life. The present moment. Yep. The present a, moment. Yes, from okay. a financial planner. Now, as we got the new house and as we made major life changes, we would meet with them every time. Have you been with the same planner since? Yep. Oh wow. That's yep. wonderful. Yep. And the biggest change um actually just came. Like the, the biggest and most impactful meeting we ever had just came because we said, hey. We've got a five month old because of baby Julian baby Julian's here and everybody, we were all, we were stressing prior to him. Um, 
coming because we were like, oh, f- formula, food, clothes. Yeah. Like, it's going to be expensive to have kids. That's a lot of extra line items on your spreadsheet, <laughs> yeah, Ian. I know. So, like, how much your groceries is going to go <laughs> up? Like, what's our budget there? Yeah. But what I didn't think of was, you know, so far, at least, and he's only five months old, so he's not he's not too expensive. Just he doesn't yet. want a Starbucks yet. <laughs> no, no Starbucks <laughs> yet. Um it, the, the biggest thing was when we met with our planner and we, we looked at, you know, we've been, we've been in saving for our future and investing in our future. Yes. And I'm like, I want to invest in his future. And that was when we were like, all right, what's our budget look like? <laughs> what can we afford? Cause they, he put out projections and numbers for what college is going to cost by the time he goes, my eyes almost fell out of my head. I can remember you and I spoke the next day. You're like, no, I can't. I have no money. <laughs> I, I, our, our fun money went, yes. from, went from a substantial monthly play box to, <laughs> to you know, a, yeah. a little tiny shoe box. Of, yes. you know, here's what you can have fun with every month. But mm-hmm. it's all going to be worth it. Of it's course. not like we're spending it. Of we're not putting course. ourselves in debt or, or investing. And whatever, whatever that means for the listener, right? But yeah. it's, it's making a choice to... We, we set a goal. Yeah. So that that was when we first finally said, all right, what are our future goals? What do I want my son to have uh, set up for him from us when he gets to 18, yeah. 19, 20? What do we want set up for us? So he, you know, talked about our future and our our own retirement. And he said, you know, he looked at what we were putting on our 401ks. He's like, if you guys both just mm-hmm. up it this much to this percentage, um, he shows the projections. It'll have a huge like, impact. But at retirement time, that little percentage that you're that you're upping it right now, while it might be a chunk of money that you're not going to see right. every month anymore, it's going to turn into a million and huge a half impact. by the time you yep. by the time you retire. So I was like, geez, one small adjustment now will turn into that much more money when I retire to make sure that the longevity of my money makes it our entire lives. And then obviously leave a legacy for Julian and whatever other kids we end up having. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely a, a a great conversation, a little bit uncomfortable because he was just giving us these large projections and we were like, can we afford to do this? Uh, Which triggered- While you're holding Julian in your arms. While I'm holding him, (laughs) which is what triggered our next audit of our budget to look at it and say, where can we trim? How can we save? Um, And then just making sure that we were on solid ground to still be saving uh, and have liquid cash that we can access on a regular basis, but also investing in our future and investing in Julian's future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, c- first of all, congratulations. Thank I you. mean, you and just from this conversation, you can tell how mature you are about your finances. You started saving really early. You bought your first home really early. You started contributing to your 401k really early. It sounds like you made really smart financial decisions when you didn't really have to. Mm-hmm. And then when you met Erica, you you both did the same thing together. You made smart financial decisions together. Engaging in a financial planner at that stage of your life is a really amazing decision to make. So. It just brings in, they just, they present things to you that you don't normally think. No. You know, I would, I'm thinking, is, you know, yeah. this percentage of my 401k is perfect. That's fine. That's, yeah. you know, I get my match and I'm good. That'll yeah. turn into whatever. Um, but showing projections, talking about how much insurance you should have and why you should have it. Mm-hmm. Um future goals, whatever it might be. Um, you know, one of the reasons I was able to to buy a house so young is that I had a little, little bit of money that my parents and my grandparents had set aside for me mm-hmm. as I was growing up. Um, and that really set me up on a leg in life sure. to, to be able to afford to buy a house young. So now in me, I'm like, I want that for him. I want him to reach young adulthood 
and have that stepping stone that I had. I love, I love that. But that's again, a choice. Mm-hmm. You could have taken that lump sum of money and bought a car. Thought about it. You could have. I'm just kidding. I'm sure you did did not. I did not. (laughs) You could have gone on a nice vacation. You could have bought a toy, but you didn't. You you bought a home. And to your point, that gave you a leg up. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a great, another, seems like you just made a series of very, very good decisions that set you up really well and that is setting your family up really well. And hopefully Julie will make the same decisions. Yeah. And you pull up another house in a Ferrari or something. (laughs) 21 years old. Yes. And, and then buy one for you. Of course. You and Erica should feel very proud. Laughable spreadsheets aside. I know deep down she's grateful for your spreadsheets because laying out your finances never ever gets old. No. And I think if, if I could add one more you know, thing to this whole conversation, it's called communication. Um, her and I are extremely open. We constantly talk about money. Sometimes she's a little more frugal than I am. Mm-hmm. So she, she rails me in when I have those impulse you mm-hmm. know, purchases. Um, but we, we're just open. We yeah. never had anything. Um, like I said, we do have our own little checking accounts mm-hmm. and our own little savings. So if you want to buy each other stuff or when Christmas comes around, or if I want to do something for myself, mm-hmm. I can just go and do it. So that helps, you know. With but it's own. out on paper. It's on I paper. Would imagine, right. Yeah, so she knows exactly how much I'm getting. So we we exactly. pretty much make it even. Like, let's, let's set this much aside for us for fun. And the rest goes to the joint. Yes. Or uh, joint savings or joint checking, whatever it might be. Um, but it's all about communication and just being open with your partner and, making sure that you're on the same page with what you want in life, what your goals are. And then um, we're very disciplined with our debt and our credit cards. You know, we, we're, we don't let those rise. We, mm-hmm. we pay them off. So um, I'm a big advocate for credit cards, using them, using them properly, get, using them properly. Yeah. Cause that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That, you know, I try, I tell my friends all the time that you should never, you know, be using debit cards for anything, especially online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not you when you're when you're using credit card it's not your money mm-hmm. so if you buy something online that something goes haywire or somebody gets your access to your account you you're, you're protected mm-hmm. um, but also all the report the rewards and points you can get yeah. from using credit cards but you have to have a disciplined approach to yep, it you, do. you still have to have a budget we use a credit card for all of our groceries and gas but it and then we just pay it off with what the money that we're yep. putting in that joint checking account yeah so you gotta be disciplined but um definitely a valuable thing to consider in yep. your overall financial picture yeah um, this is not always the funnest conversation. It's not always the sexiest conversation to have between couples, but Ian, I think you hit it on the head. You got to do it and you got to do it often. The yep. more you talk about money, the more everybody will get more comfortable with the topic and understanding everybody's value of money in a relationship. So Ian, I cannot thank you enough for being here and for being so open and really sharing your methodology. I think if everybody could take a little bit of your solid decisions out of this, They'll, they'll be in a better place. So really hats off to you and Erica happy for everything sh- that you've done. I was happy to share it. Everybody's got their own methods, but yeah. that, that's what works for us. So hopefully some people out there listening can kind of take that and try it on their own and see if they can make it work for them too. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. 
Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.